With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Wednesday. We're going to bring back an interview that we did in 2014 with Vin Scully. We were fortunate to have him on three times in the last 10 years. He passed away last night at the age of 94. Al Michaels joins us in an hour from now to reminisce. Al wanted to be like Vin Scully, as so many announcers did and do. And uh, he'll join us to reminisce coming up. Uh... Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. I will get to more of your phone calls. I know a lot of people want to share their stories about Vin Scully. Uh, the great actor Brian Cranston, he uh, just sent an, in an email. He wasn't available. He's doing a shoot in New Orleans, and I don't think emotionally he was ready to talk about this, but he did write something beautiful about Vin Scully and growing up listening to Vin Scully. We're going to put that on the newsletter if you missed at the end of last hour where I read it. Uh, it's emotional. But that's, that's how voices, people affect us. And uh, Ben certainly had that effect on a lot of people over six de- decades, uh, seven decades. But uh, we'll have that for you coming up. We talked about Juan Soto, Josh Bell. Don't sleep on the Brandon Drury pickup from the Reds by the Padres. Uh, the Dolphins owner has been suspended. Team loses draft picks, tanking, tampering. I think that they got off lightly here, Stephen Ross. But uh, we'll talk about that coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. We spent 17 minutes with Vin, and I wanted to play the entire interview. And uh, this is how it started in July of 2014. This is a treat, a treat for me. 
the longtime Dodger announcer, Vin Scully, joining us. Good morning, Vin. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm spectacular. I'm spectacular. (laughs) Well, it's good to know somebody who's spectacular. (laughs) Well, I try to set the bar really high, so... um, Yeah, well, you've done that for years. Well, thank you. Did you ever think we would get to a point where we would compare another left-hander to Sandy Koufax, at least performance-wise, stats-wise, like we have Clayton Kershaw? Well, uh, people ask me about comparing or linking them together. To me, there's one uh, huge difference. In Sandy's day, he pitched every fourth day. With Kershaw, he pitches every fifth day. What Sandy did in his time was go complete games. Uh, Sandy one year won 27 games. He completed 27 games. Well, Clayton will never do that. Clayton, I think, off the top of my head, might have two complete games, one of which was the no-hitter. So there's a vast difference in uh, the pitching. Uh, Number two, uh, right now, Clayton Kershaw is striking out a lot of people. In Sandy's day, pitching every fourth day, I mean, one year he struck out something like 320 batters. Well, you never see that. So to me, uh, they each have their separate place, their separate niche. Uh, Kershaw belongs in one, and Koufax belongs in the other. The game has changed, but has your role, your job changed? No, not at all. I, I mean, my job basically is to call the play as accurately and as swiftly as possible, get out of the way for the crowd, and perhaps somewhere along the way uh, inform a little bit, entertain even a little bit if something comes up and the opportunity is there. And you put it all together, but the entire job is based on accuracy, whereby the listener or the viewer understands what you're saying and trust you. I guess trust goes right along with accuracy. I know when we first came out to Los Angeles, I was very fortunate the game was being played in the Coliseum, which was anything but a baseball park. (laughs) But good for me, the transistor radio came along, and people knew the, the stars, but they didn't know the rank and file. So they would bring a transistor radio. So that was my opportunity to inform and also to get closer to the fan and the listener. But the one thing I had to establish was that I was accurate and fair. If I said a Dodger made a good play, I wanted them to know, yes, I work for the Dodgers, but this is an honest call, not just, oh, my gosh, everything the Dodgers do is a great play to that guy. So those are the basis parts of the job, and it never changes. What about the art of silence? Oh, I love it. Um, You know, it's probably selfish on my part. Uh, When I was about eight years old, the reason that I eventually went in this direction, and I've told this story many times, uh, we had a big old four-legged radio with a crossbar for support underneath it. (laughs) And I would get a pillow and a, a glass of milk and some saltine crackers, and here's this kid in Washington Heights in New York. And I would crawl under the radio on a Saturday afternoon to listen to a football game. Now, I didn't even know the rules of football. Uh, It might be Tennessee, Alabama, which meant absolutely nothing to this little kid. But the roar of the crowd 
absolutely intoxicated me. So that's what drew me to go to sports. Now, even to this day, uh, I try to call the play and shut up so I can also enjoy the roar of the crowd. And I remember doing a World Series many years ago, and uh, somebody hit a home run. And typical of a network, first you see the fella hit the home run, then they show it again. And so in my mind, I thought, well, I've just called it a home run, <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything. And they showed the tape. And a television columnist wrote, perhaps Vin Scully made his greatest contribution by not saying anything. And I really took that as a compliment, and I've tried to use that forever, including Henry Aaron's home run, Kirk Gibson's home run, et cetera, et cetera. I can hear the beer vendor sometimes when you're calling a game. Is that on purpose? Uh, no, no, uh, whatever the microphones pick okay. up from the crowd, that's, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> I, I will tell you this, though. That in uh, 1958, uh, we, we were playing at Seal Stadium in San Francisco, and our booth, and that's using the term very loosely, was right amongst the crowd. And we would do our commercials live, and we were sponsored by a beer, a beer in Los Angeles. And so I would read my commercial and talking about the merits of the beer in Los Angeles. Well, the crowd in San Francisco thought, great. And they would start hollering every beer brand known to man just to try and get it on the air while I'm trying to stumble along doing the other commercials. So, yeah, there were times when you could hear the beer vendors, and they weren't even vendors. He's uh, Vin Scully joining us, Dan Patrick Show. Brent Musburger told me something a couple of years ago where he talked about Joe Paterno. Certain people, that's what they're going to do the rest of their life. He said Joe Paterno will coach until he dies. Uh, that there are certain people that that's just their DNA that they don't want to stop doing. And Brent said he's probably one of those people. Do you find that that's, that's who you are? That's what you do? That's what you always do? Well, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. First of all, the thought of stopping and not doing anything is pretty frightening. After you have been doing it for so long, it really does become a part of your nature. But each year, I really and truly do evaluate where I am as far as health, first of all. Um, my, my, my wife and I talk about our particular association. And then I think about... And I, I, I carefully try to be my own critic. Am I still doing a, a good enough job to have the privilege of doing the Dodger games? And all of that goes into the mix. So when I say I'll probably make an announcement, and I don't mean it that way, but I'll probably come to a conclusion sometime in August, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, again, whatever the decision is, I am going to be uneasy one way or the other, I think. Kind enough to have uh, Vince Scully stay with us. Yeah, I'm looking at the resume here. Yeah, been calling games since the 50s. Got to see Jackie Robinson play. It's pretty incredible. Call his games. And uh, Vince Scully back with us, the longtime Dodger announcer. So I was just mentioning, you've been calling games since the 50s. Who, who's the player you look back and you say with wonderment or fascination that that was just, it was a treat to watch him play? I'm not quite sure of that off the top of my head, Dan. 
I can oversimplify by saying the best player I ever saw, the one who was completely equipped in every phase of the game, was Willie Mays. I could also say that perhaps in his own way, the most exciting player had to be Jackie Robinson because we understood what was going on with him. But uh, a fun player, that for me, that's hard to uh, to pin down, in all honesty. Did you keep scorecards? You know, I'm terrible. People have always asked me about that, and each year I finish my scorebook and I throw it away. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, my wife demands, and I understand, this year uh, I'm going to try and hold on to the, the scorebook. Yeah, I've had people say, Gee, I'd love to see uh, Koufax's perfect game. I'd say, well, so would I. But uh, in all honesty, over the years, if I were a collector, I'd have to own two houses, you know, <laughs> to put all the stuff in there because I've been so privileged to, uh, and it is a privilege and honor, when, uh, when Clayton Kershaw and Josh Beckett pitched no-hitters within the month, uh, I had no idea. I honestly had no idea how many no-hitters that I had broadcast, nor did I really care because it's not an accomplishment for me. I just happened to be so fortunate to be on the scene, but it's nothing that I've done. So our, uh, our PR department went back through the books. I did give them a starting point. I said I remember the very first no-hitter. Uh, Vern Bickford of the Boston Braves. It was in Braves Field in Boston my first year. But after that, it's just a blue haze. So they have figured out that I have done 19 no-hitters and three perfect games. So I guess you put that all together, it's 22. But the numbers bounced around so much, uh, and I'm not about to sit down and try and go back through the books and figure it out. Social media play a role? Do you follow it at all, what people say? No. No, in fact, uh, oh, I guess it was two years ago, uh, we were doing a telecast, and Shane Victorino had just become a Dodger. He was leaving Philadelphia, I believe, coming to Los Angeles, and uh, he sent a message to the team, hold on, I'll be there soon, blah, 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 blah. So, the director said to me, Vin, um, we're going to put it up on the screen, Victorino's message, and take it. So I said, oh, fine. I said uh, to the audience, uh, Shane Victorino has been uh, twitting and said a twit because I didn't know, and I assumed that if it's Twitter, the message itself is twit. Well, it went viral. People thought it was the funniest thing in the whole world. And, uh, oh, after I knew that it was really a funny thing, um, and I was certainly uh, at home with it, so about a day or two later doing the telecast, and I said, by the way, because I really try to talk to the listener, I said, by the way, could somebody tell me what the heck a hashtag is? <laughs> well, that went viral. And uh, because I'm totally ignorant of all of that stuff. And uh, so what happened was, in order to really use it, the Dodgers said, you know what? The ball club is going to be in New York, and they're going to play two games with the Yankees. So we're going to have you 
tweeting about one of the games. And I said, okay, sure, because I didn't have to go to New York. So sure enough, they were rained out, and they now had a doubleheader. And so the second game of the doubleheader, I sat home in the family room watching the game on TV on the phone talking to a man in the office who then relayed my message, whatever the comment was, to a girl who was able to reduce it to, I don't know, it's 140 characters or yeah. something like that. <laughs> and, then, and then she would release it. And uh, the people went wild on the Internet. It was like, oh, my gosh, Scully knows how to tweet. And uh, it was very funny, and the people got a big kick out of it. But do I use that? No, not at all, no. I like you even more, Vin, because you don't know about tweeting and hashtags. I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I admit it. I mean, uh, I sure, I can get one of my grandchildren, and they'll explain a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, I use my cell phone basically as a telephone, and that's it. So that's, um, that's about where I am. If uh, you look at your style, if you were just coming up trying to get in the business, how do you think the uh, executives would view your style of broadcasting? Well, you know, that's, that's a great question, and it's also a great point. Um, when you begin, the, the best advice I ever got about broadcasting was from Red Barber. And my very first year, and here is this kid, wide-eyed, suddenly going to be broadcasting whatever inning or innings uh, with this fabled Brooklyn Dodger baseball team. And Red said to me, you know, young man, you bring something into the booth that no one else in the world can bring. Well, I was pop-eyed. Me? I brought something. I said, I don't understand. What? And he said, yourself. There's no one else in this world quite like you. Now, in New York, my gosh, you had Mel Allen and Kurt Gowdy were a team. You had... Uh, Russ Hodges, yeah, and then, of course, Red and Connie Desmond. So New York had these marvelous group of announcers. And what Red said was, don't listen to any of them, because if you do, either consciously or subconsciously, you will try to imitate. You'll either pick up phrases, you'll change the intonation, whatever. And what he was telling me was, if you, if you do, you'll be watering your own wine. So... Although I could have learned a great deal, I'm sure, I tried very hard to uh, not to listen to other people. But that took several years before me, whatever is inside of me, finally surfaced. So the hardest advice you can give to a young fellow beginning is to say, be yourself. And of course, the greatest lesson in life is to know thyself. And it takes a long time. And the same thing applies. So when I first started, if I just walked in and I'm competing against all the major league uh, ball players who are now in the business, I'm not sure uh, what they would think of me. They might think, well, he has a nice voice and a reasonable vocabulary, but I would have to prove myself, uh, I'm sure, very, very hard. What's the first thing to go on a play-by-play -play announcer? Well, I hope I don't really know. But if I had to think, you're, you're, um, the ball player, uh, his coordination starts to go. Whether it's a, a fellow who was a pole hitter, hit everything to left field, 
all of a sudden he's late on the fastball. He can't get around on it, and his balls are now being hit in center field or left center or right center. It's obvious if you charted every base hit, you could see this pole hitter where all of his hits were bunched up in one direction. And then as the years go by, that bunch suddenly fans out a great deal. And as it fans out, Branch Rickey used to do that. And he'd see where it's just starting to fan, and he'd trade the player. That was his secret. So I guess for a play-by-play man who depends on the coordination of eye, brain, and mouth, sooner or later, that coordination has to weaken from age. Suddenly you're behind on the plays. Uh, You're not quite remembering all of the players who are involved in a a six-man rundown. And and after a while, I'm sure, uh, I even now, and I don't mean that, that I'm one so rare that I don't have it, there are times... I'm a very severe critic, and there are many times where I'll get in the car and say, you used to be able to do that play so much easier than you did it tonight. Bear down, you know. So I guess that's what happens. Good luck twitting, okay? And uh... <laughs> Yeah, I will. And if you ever send me a picture of a hashtag, I'd love it. <laughs> Vin, thank you. It's uh, been a treat. All right. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you. Best way I can pay tribute to him is let you hear his voice. Back after this. Uh, GetRefunds.com is uh, a partner that came to me and I thought, okay, can we help people who struggle during the pandemic or inflation? You got a business. If you have five or more employees and you manage to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. So it's not a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. So you can cut through the red tape and get your business the refund money, but you have to go to GetRefunds.com. So they do all the work. There's no charge up front. They uh, will simply share a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Businesses of all type can qualify. Uh, If you took a PPP or nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales, the team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over a billion dollars to businesses. And hopefully they can help you as well. But to get started, go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer just a couple of questions. The payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time, so uh, go to GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward, GetRefunds.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. 
You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Weekends are better. MLB Sunday leadoff. Catch the Astros playing the Cleveland Guardians. Coverage starting Sunday at 1130 Eastern only on Peacock. A lot of reaction to uh, the one of the Vin Scully interviews we did three or four over the last 10 years. That was from 2014. And he was playful. There was a, there was just a lot of fun in there. And I, I wanted you to hear the person, Vin Scully. So 
Thank you for the reaction. We will get to phone calls. I know there are a lot of people that want to reminisce, and uh, we'll certainly get to that. Al Michaels will join us coming up top of next hour to talk about the passing of uh, Vince Scully. We talked about the Dolphins situation. It certainly feels like they're guilty of a lot here. I don't know if they really felt the pain. They lost a draft pick, first-round draft pick coming up, lost another draft pick. The owner is not allowed to be around the team for a couple of months, and uh, they're fined $1.5 million. Lewis Riddick joins us on uh, behalf of uh, the Mothership, ESPN front office insider. Lewis, when you look at tampering and you look at tanking, you're trying to better your team, but which one is more egregious to you? Well, I I think tanking for sure because of the far-reaching implications that intentionally trying to lose games, Dan, I mean – that that has, and that is, I mean, just just look at, right, just look at the kind of penalty that they hit Calvin Ridley with when compromising the integrity of the game obviously comes into question when you're talking about betting on football games and how that can have far-reaching, you know, ramifications. When you're talking about not emphasizing winning games or trying to lose for whatever reason it is, in this case, to try and better your draft position. I mean, understand that's obviously compromising the integrity of the game because the game is not in, not being played true to the way it needs to be played, which is to win. Now, so I would think that that is much worse than tampering, which is something that we know happens, okay? We all know that people talk to people who are under contract and strike deals long before it's prob- it's permissible for you to strike deals. You know, the good old, you know, the good old secret meetings, whereas you, you wind up making some, some transactions that aren't official until they become official, until they're allowed to be, become official. But this feels like select, selective punishment for tampering. If it goes yeah. on all the time, it's, everybody knows there's a speed limit. That doesn't right. mean we adhere to the speed limit, but then you get pulled yeah. over and there are other cars that are going just as fast. Well, I think there's sometimes I think sometimes that that is what the NFL gets criticized for, as far as you know, as far as how they hand out punishment. That sometimes it does feel selective and subjective and not fair and, and you know on the level across the board. Now, I will say that the commissioner wrote in his you know in his statement there that this was egregious tampering of a level that he has never seen before, in terms of tampering with a quarterback and a head coach who are both under contract and untouchable and doing it for the period of time that they did it yeah, in the brazen way in which they did it. And that is, I mean, look, I mean, when, when you start using those kind of words, just like when they use those kind of words, you know, when judge Robinson used that kind of word to describe the Deshaun Watson case, when she's talking about egregious and predatory, there's certain words, and I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you something you don't know when those kind of things are said, that makes you perk up a little bit and go, well, even for these guys who kind of know how it kind of goes, yeah. As far as, you know, the commissioner knows what we're talking about here as far as Tam, He knows what's going on. But when he uses that word, like, God, I mean, like, he's almost saying, like, I can't. I mean, what am I supposed to do? When I look at this, I'm like, damn. But do you think that Sean Payton would have quit the Saints? Yeah. Like, he knew that he was getting the Dolphins, John. Right. Do you think that he quit the Saints knowing he was going to get the Dolphins job, and then it didn't happen, and then he ended up going into broadcasting? I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, but if you look I, at no, the breadcrumbs here, Brady, you know, retires from the Buccaneers, and yeah. then all of a sudden 
Dolphins rumors, meeting on the yacht. Brian Flores says, I don't want to be involved. Sean yep. Payton's available. Like, there's a whole lot going I, I on know. here. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, you know, as far as how, you know, when Sean made the decisions that he made as far as quitting the Saints and then moving on into broadcasting or how that came about. What I do know, though, is one of the names that you just brought up there in that whole scenario, that being Brian Flores, just think about, for me, think about how this man has been being undermined right from the outset while he's the head coach of, you know, going back to the 2019 season. I mean, where he is sitting there knowing that there are people who are emphasizing draft position over winning football games. And then knowing that obviously, you know, there's people who are actively trying to replace him while he's being hired to do his job. And then the implications that that has for minority coaches and all. I mean, this, this is so, there's, there's so many different layers to it and what it means and how it affects others. When you, and then, you know, and it all falls under that compromising integrity of the game umbrella, all of it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think, I think when you factor in all of that, the effect that it had on Brian Flores, the effect, you know, that, you know, the perception that it obviously creates amongst the fans. I mean, they, the commissioner had no other choice. He had no other choice. Just from the tampering aspect, he had no other choice. But who jokes about who jokes about tanking? Who Nobody. Like, owners, well, not, you, owners right. I mean, would I, not joke and go, ah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no kidding. There's a little, there's <laughs> no, a little truth in yeah. every bit of kidding. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. That is the kind of thing that I would assume you have – a reasonable amount of awareness to the fact that you can't joke and kid about that kind of thing. No, you can't say it and then just go, Oh, I'm just messing around. Oh, you don't take me. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think everyone who has any kind of common sense and has a little bit of awareness knows that you're right with every joke. There is a little bit of truth to it. And in this case, it's something that you, it just can't be tolerated. Not if you want to be, taken as credible in terms of holding everyone accountable. And see, look, there, that's a whole other subject, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about the whole accountability issue when it comes to the NFL making sure that they're holding everyone to the very highest standard. And people have a big problem. I think that's more or less at the crux of everyone right now's anger and disappointment is the level of accountability being fair and equitable across all parties, players, management, coaches, owners, and quite honestly, look, the NFL has said themselves, we need to hold management and ownership to higher standards than to, than to which we even hold the players. And many people are feeling as though that's not the case. Well, you look at Deshaun Watson. Look, do I think he got off uh, you know, easier? He should have sat down for a season, in my opinion. Sure. But it's based on precedent here. Right. The thing with owners is we don't necessarily have that much precedent here that I can right. go Daniel Snyder, Stephen Ross, or Jerry Jones, or Robert Kraft. They're not held to a higher standard. Right. Be- because if if I'm – I don't know if the commissioner is this angry at Deshaun Watson's ruling as he was with what Stephen Ross and the Dolphins are guilty of here. Like if right. I look at his language there, he is – he owed because you're looking at the integrity of the game. The bottom line is, is gambling. You got to trust the shield. Like this to me is more egregious. Yes. Deshaun Watson, predatory uh, creep and should sit down and get therapy and those kind of things. Yeah. But these, these are owners here. Yeah. This is, you know, the, the, 
the interesting, well, I guess you should say, well, the, the, the weird dynamic here, though, is he works for them. Yes. And so, you know, so therefore he's like saying, look, I know I work for you, but I, I need to set up some rules and guidelines by which if you step over the line here, I can then come at you and hit you with. And I need to make sure that it is swift and it is severe and everyone understands that these are the rules are non-negotiable and you cannot do these things. And if I find that you've done these things, this is the amount of money you're going to get hit with. This is the amount of suspension you're going to get hit with. And see that that's kind of like, that's kind of like what judge Robinson said. Like there is no system in place where the NFL basically has that all set. So everyone understands what the rules are. It's kind of like made up as you go. Yeah. It's very reactionary instead of forward thinking, which is exactly what she said. This is a league that may be forward facing, but it's not very much so forward thinking. And that's what gets people, that's what gets them into trouble. And, 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 which, you know what? I shouldn't, we shouldn't put this on her. That's she, right. It shouldn't be on her to change the NFL's ways of doing things and, and right. how they punish somebody. It should be yep. on the NFL. Does, yep. the, does the commissioner appeal this? Does the NFL appeal this and go after for more with Deshaun? They got 24 hours, less than 24 right. hours here. As much as they don't may not want to because they would like to have this new system take hold, the fact of the matter is, just as far as having a third party decide these kind of uh, punishments, I don't think they have any other choice. The, the, the reaction has been just too – it's been too emotional. It's been too explosive. And I think they know in their heart of hearts and in their soul that look, this is just – it's just not enough given what she said that the NFL did prove – in terms of presenting the evidence to her. She's basically, she agreed with them as far as what they, what they presented to her, but she's just saying, but I'm not going to do something that you wouldn't even do or what you haven't done in the past in terms of handing down punishment. I'm just going to follow the guidelines that you have done in the past. So it's your fault that I'm not going to hit him even harder. Although I agree with you, which has got to be like, wow, it should make you, meaning the NFL, sit back and think, well, maybe we need to reevaluate here the personal conduct policy and how punishment is handed out. And we need to make it a little bit more concrete, a little bit more, you know, so the players and the owners know exactly what they're dealing with if they, are, if they step over the line, what's, what exactly is coming. Because right now, what she basically told them is, you don't really have a system in place. Great to talk to you as always, Lewis. Thank you for your yeah. insights. Absolutely. Thanks. That's uh, Lewis Riddick, former NFL player, ESPN front office insider. Got some intensity there. I like it. Yes, he. Yeah, he's always a good guest. Yeah, he is. Well thought. Mm-hmm. Thought out. And I hope he gets a front office job. I think he was up for the Steelers job there. Uh, and then I can criticize some of the things that he does in the front office there once he gets that job. That's how it works. All right. I'm going to take a break. And uh, when I come back, your phone calls. You guys have been waiting. Uh, A lot of people want to reminisce about the passing of Vin Scully, and I'll give you that opportunity. Al Michaels, top of the hour. Uh, Dan Lebitard will join us in the final hour as well. And Lebitard Lebitard has an idea for our two shows. I'm going to let him bring it up to you. I got it. And then I'm going to get your reaction if you guys want to do this. This would be something in conjunction with Dan Lebitard's show. Oh, not like a trade or something. Not like he's not proposing a trade of personnel or anything like that. He would like to trade his entire staff, I think, to, to get you guys. Didn't the USFL do that a bunch of years ago? Like the Arizona team, the Chicago team, they switched rosters? Oh, I don't know. Wow. But, yeah, I think he's really disappointed with uh, Stu Gatz oh. 
Yeah, I think uh, he'd like to kick him to the curb. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I'd throw. I'd give Marv right now. Wow, Marv yeah. is hot. He is. His stock is high. He's like Otani right now. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I mean, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Marv's yeah. having a good year. Yeah, Tim Otani. Tim yeah, Shohei Otani's brother, Tim. Tim. <laughs> yes, Marv. <laughs> Tim Otani. <laughs> yes, Marv. No, Tim Otani. I was thinking more Juan Soto. Juan? No, you're not. Did you business. not have anything to say and I called on you? The Tim Otani thing really threw me okay. off. I had a thought that the Tim Otani was so good. Sorry. All right, let me take a break. We'll come back. I'll get to your phone calls. Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tom Brady turns 45 today. Let's go back to November of 2019. Tom was a guest on WEEI in Boston. He did his weekly uh, appearance on there. And he had this to say about how long he was going to play. I think I've always said 45 just because that was, you know, that's a good goal to set. Because that was, you know, that's one that's been pretty hard to get to for most guys. So um, I think you have to have goals. You have, you know, daily goals, you have yearly goals, and you have long-term goals. So I think for me it's really just the love, the love of football, you know, and I don't know when. I don't know when or if I'll ever not love it. I remember at the time I went, well, he's saying this, so nobody's going to bring up retirement because it feels like you get to a certain age and then we go, hey, you're going to retire? Hey, when are you going to retire? How long are you going to play? And I thought, well, this is good for his brand, TB12, to say he's going to play to 45. I didn't think he was going to play 45. I didn't know if he would want to stay with the Patriots until he was 45. I didn't think that they would want him to stay. I didn't know his relationship with Belichick and where it was headed. And then all of a sudden, you go to Tampa. All right, he's going to have fun. Bruce Arians, okay. Got a good team. Got a young defense. Okay, they're winning. Okay, they're winning a Super Bowl. All right, well, why would he stop playing? And then when he said he was going to retire, I think... I don't know if he wanted to play for Tampa again as much as he wanted to play for the Dolphins. And then when that didn't happen, it felt like, all right, I, I'm not going to play. And then all of a sudden, you got a new head coach. He's coming back. And here we are with Tom Brady for another year. But uh, 45 years of age. Uh, let's see. Jamie in Utah. Jamie, thanks for holding. Uh, welcome to the program. 
Hey, thanks, Dan. I really appreciate it. Uh, 6 one Thank you for that. Um, I've I've got a lot of emotions today, and and um, for a bunch of different reasons. First off, I'm a I'm a DC native, and um, I used to go to Senators games with my dad, my uncles, and my cousins at RFK Stadium. Wow. I remember when they left in 1972. I remember Frank Howard. He hit a home run so hard one day he broke the back of the seat that the ball hit. <laughs> I was at that game, and um, so it took a long time for me to to come back to baseball because we were in Washington. We could not move for the Orioles. It just couldn't happen. Um, but when the when the Nats came to town, we were all in. And I, me and my sons would watch games. Um, you know, we were living in California at the time. And to see the talent that they had, you got Bryce Harper, he's gone. Anthony Rendon, gone. Steven Strasburg, he's probably not going to pitch again. Trey Turner, gone. Now Juan Soto, gone. It's a, it's a sad day. It's a sad day for any Nationals fan. Uh, God bless you, Padres. You got a couple of great players that, that yeah, came to you. Yeah, they did well. And thank you, Jamie. Yeah, that's why if I'm Juan Soto, why do I want to stay with this organization? Oh, you got 15 years and you got $450 million. I can get that elsewhere. I want to have flexibility if I'm Juan Soto. I want five years in San Diego. Then I'm going to be 28 and I cash in again. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Is that Andrew in Washington? Uh, Hey, Andrew. Yes. Hey, bud. Hi, Dan. Hi, Danette. Uh, just an updated 5'6", uh, 170 Lazy Summer. All right. All right, thanks. Hey, real quick, with the passing of Ben, my first memory of him was the 88 World Series and the Kirk Gibson call. I remember watching that on a small black-and-white TV um, in my grandfather's den and just the improbable season, and we just saw the impossible happen. So um, that's a great memory for me. It kind of brought me into baseball. Um, speaking of that, I just have one question for you, Dan, and the stat of the day, but um, what what do you want your legacy or lasting impression to be? I know that's kind of funny to think about. Um, we always joke about being the, the show for the shut-ins, but for real, I know that you uh, think about this and just kind of wanted your thoughts on that. And uh, if you don't mind, I do have a stat of the day to run it back. All right. Do you want music? Yeah, sure. Okay, Mark? There's only one player in NFL history to be associated with every time a team has had to forfeit a first-round pick. 2008 Spygate, 2015 Deflategate, and 2022 Tampergate. Of course, that player is birthday boy Tom Brady. Thank you, Andrew. I haven't thought about legacy. Um... I'm in it. I mean, this is every day. I don't think Vin Scully ever thought about legacy. Uh, I don't think any of these announcers do. Because unlike a player, you only get to play. You have a finite amount of time. Broadcasting, we get a lot. I mean, we get years and years and years and years and years to be able to do this. But uh, hopefully I'm remembered as being fair. Fair to the story. Fair to people. Um. listening to both sides, hopefully being pragmatic, uh, 
being a good listener, being a good interviewer, and having fun. So hopefully that's what it is. Uh, That's our goal every day. And hopefully that's uh, what we will leave you with whenever we we walk off into the sunset. Jim in Idaho. Hi, Jim. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Boys, thanks for letting me join today. And, Dan, you've always been fair and a great interviewer. So really appreciate it. Terrific note from Brian Cranston on on Vince Lilly. Wow. Hey, I grew up in L.A. in the 70s, and it was an awesome time to be a sports fan. You had been with the Dodgers, of course. Chick Hearn with the Lakers, Dick Enver for the Rams and the Angels. I never realized how, how great it was until I got older and lived in other cities and listened to other games, especially baseball games. Quick story on Vin. I met him when I was 13 or 14, as one of his sons and I went to the same school. And he asked me if I was a Dodger fan. And, of course, I said yes. And then he asked me who my favorite Dodger was. Well, I was so nervous that I didn't hear his question properly. And I thought he asked me what my favorite Dodger thing was. So I answered, the Dodger dog. (laughs) He looked at me funny. He looked at me funny, and he said, your favorite player is the Dodger dog? (laughs) So you can imagine my embarrassment, right? So I couldn't say anything. But he just chuckled, patted me on the shoulder, and said in in his great voice, well, I'm a big fan, too. And that put me so at ease and yeah. less embarrassed as a kid. It was a great moment. And he was just a, a good dude. Yeah, and, and I said this before. He had a way of making you feel good. It, you know, he knew that you were nervous meeting him. And uh, I, there's certain, I, I brought up Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney knows when you meet him that you're nervous. And Vin knows that. So Vin would kind of disarm you. You know, he'd be like, okay, it's okay. Al Michaels will join us coming up in about uh, 10 minutes from now. More phone calls as well. It's a special day, celebratory day. Really is. Final hour on this Wednesday coming up, Dan Patrick Show. One more item. We close out hour two. Simply safe home security. Home security is not a game. It shouldn't be treated that way. But a lot of companies act like it is trying to upsell and overcharge you for everything that you uh, would have in your contract. Every chance they get. That's why we use and love Simply Safe Home Security. It's different. Simply Safe, advanced technology that puts the safety of you and your family first. We love it for a variety of reasons. 24 7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is is detected. They dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home or can't be reached. Simply Safe's monitoring agents care about your well-being, and they're highly trained to keep you calm and safe during stressful situations. Simply Safe's customer-first policies make sure you're taken care of with affordable plans starting at less than a dollar a day. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees. Go to simplysafedan.com, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go today to Simply Safe Dan. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.